0: Amen. Thank you so much, Justin. Thanks for all of you coming to join us and joining online. I did almost all of my work last year online, so God bless you. Thanks for being part of that. Uh, We are in the midst of a wonderful series called Creators Not Consumers, and we're exploring how you and I can partner with God as people who are made in His image and who are being renewed into the very image of Jesus. And last week, our very own Justin Law did a great job introducing a mini-series inside this big series called How You and I Can Be Community Creators. He shared that the foundation for all healthy community is learning how to love God and love other people well. And so today, I want to talk about another crucial aspect of healthy community life. It's this. You and I can create healthy community by receiving forgiveness and by forgiving others. It's a big deal and a challenging deal. And so I'd like to pray as we begin. Lord, we thank you so much that you love each one of us incredibly. You know exactly what's going on in our lives right now at this very moment and season. And you're here to help us. You're here to help us grow, to become more like you. We thank you that in Jesus you have cleared away all the barriers, all the obstacles that there were between us and you. And we thank you that you want to do that with other people as well. We thank you that you've come to break down walls, to break down barriers all over the world. We thank you one great day, Lord, we will be worshiping you together, every people, every tribe, every tongue, every language. And we thank you that we can move toward that today by the power of your Spirit. We ask that you would come now, Holy Spirit, and help us do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Now... I didn't grow up knowing much about forgiveness. I was thinking of my sisters. They might say, Yeah, you didn't learn, know a lot about a lot of things, John, which is true. But I didn't know much about forgiveness. I didn't know how to ask God for forgiveness when I did things wrong. I didn't even know where God was. I didn't know how to ask other people when I done, did wrong and hurt them. And I certainly didn't know how to forgive others when they had done things that had hurt me. I am so grateful for good friends who introduced me to Jesus good friends and my sister Linda. They helped me receive God's forgiveness and taught me how to forgive others. And so uh, that has changed my life so radically and and given me so much better relationships and so much more freedom that I really want to spend the rest of my life helping other people learn how to do that all over the world, including us today. Now, I surrendered my life to Jesus in October of 1968. Yeah, some of you weren't weren't even alive then. You might have been a glint in your parents' eyes. But anyway, uh, that was a long time ago. Um, it was a very tumultuous time in our nation. Interestingly, this summer, I, I saved a, a series on PBS called 1968. It was all of those events. Uh, the Vietnam War was raging. Racial violence and injustice were rampant. Martin Luther King Jr. and Robert Kennedy were assassinated in '68. Protests were going on everywhere. I marched in many of them uh, with my very long hair, I had all of it then, and it was all dark brown, and, I, and a long beard. Uh, I, re, I, looked, I looked this, this uh, weekend in my garage for a picture to put up to show that. I haven't been able to find it yet. Hopefully, I will. But what I did find was cassette tapes that my wife Sue and I sent back and forth. I lived in Philadelphia while we were dating, and I found those tapes. Now, if I could only find a, t- a tape recorder to play them on, it would be, uh, well, I think, it would, I think it would be awesome. Well, that's a, that's a good point. Uh, anyway, I think we would like to hear what we were saying. Uh, anyway, so Sue also marched in some of those protests. It was a crazy time, much like today. And God was deeply at work in his world by his son and by his spirit as he is today. You know, he's broken into his world through Jesus and by the Holy Spirit, because he loves ordinary people like you and I incredibly. And he wants to set us free and bring healing into our lives and our relationships. How does that happen? I think it starts with you and I receiving God's full and free forgiveness. So I'm going to basically make two points today. Number one is this. You can be forgiven for all the things you've ever done wrong. And then number two, you can be a forgiving person and forgive others for all the things they've ever done wrong to you. I mean so number one, Jesus has died for you. He's paid the full penalty for all your sins. John records Jesus' last words from the cross in John 1930. "It is finished." Now the word Jesus used there it's actually a contract term. It means "paid in full." Have any of you ever paid off a car loan? or a mortgage, or a credit card, even a credit card bill, (laughs) anybody? Isn't that a great feeling? It's like a relief. Now, have any of you ever had someone else pay a loan off for you? That's like amazing and awesome. And Uh, You know, you might say, is there a line here, John? Could I sign up? (laughs) Anyway, uh, I think that's wonderful. It's interesting that there are a number of churches, vineyard churches, that are partnering with organizations, uh, one in Chicago I know of, one in uh, Ann Arbor, to pay people's hospital bills off. Do you know that there are so many people that are so deeply in debt, buried in debt, for hospital bills they can never get out from under and so there are organizations that negotiate and of course get a certain percentage paid and churches can work with them i i think you know i'm not like in charge now here but that might be something to like think about how we could maybe do something like that as well it would be an awesome thing but jesus came to pay your debt 100 percent and mine isn't that awesome? This is exactly what Paul means in Second Corinthians 5.21, which is going to be on the screen. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. You and I can be set free from all the guilt, all the shame that you've ever experienced in your life. My uh, mom, some of you know this story, my mom lived with Sue and I from like age 89, 5 to 89, and she really came to Jesus during that time. And one day she walked out with her walker with this super serious look, and I, all, I immediately became 12 years old again, because I had seen that look so many times. And I thought, oh. And she, she just shared that she had uh, been abused as a young nurse working in Minneapolis. And she carried that for 60 years and felt ashamed the entire 60 years and we helped her kind of bring that to Jesus and he took that off of her and she changed so radically in those three years there are times my my sister left me a voicemail one time and said John what have you done with our mom somebody else is in her body <laughs> anyway it was just wonderful to see the change that shame and guilt was gone Friends, if, that's, if any of that's hanging on you today, you can get rid of it. It doesn't have to hang on you for another minute. Jesus was willing to take it on himself. He was willing to be abandoned for just a moment from his father when he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was taking all the sin and guilt and shame of the whole human race from then to now until, until and the new heaven and new earth comes, he was taking that on himself so that you could be free, so that you would never be abandoned by God. And John the Baptist, when he introduced Jesus to his friends, he pointed to him and said, Look, there's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Aren't you glad that Jesus came to take away your sin and mine? I mean, mine would be enough in itself, but all of ours together, it's awesome. Now, God didn't design you and I for sin, our own sin or, the, or experiencing the sin of others against us. We were created to live joyfully in peace and harmony with God and with each other and with all creation. Now, sin, one way to look at that is it's rebelling against God's good plan and going our own way. That has broken the peace and harmony in our world. All of our relationships have been damaged and broken by sin to some degree. We are alienated from God from each other, from ourselves, and from all creation. Our families, our communities, our nation, our world have all been fractured. Haven't we experienced that fracturing this year in so many ways with, with racial violence, with uh, uh, the most, uh, I would say, acrimonious political campaign I've ever seen in the country? We're fractured because we've turned away from God And gone our own way. The prophet Isaiah says it this way in Isaiah 53. We all, he includes himself, like sheep, have gone astray. We've each turned to our own way. Now my way of turning away from God might have been different from yours. But as Paul said, we've all fallen short of God's glorious purpose for our lives. Is there any hope for people like you and me? Yes, 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 there is. Jesus is our hope. Isaiah continues... Yet the Lord laid on him, this is a messianic reference in Isaiah 53, meaning Jesus, the sins of us all. So Jesus has come to take away the sin of the world. Your sin, my sin, the person's sin to the right and to the left of you, in front of you, and behind you. Even the most difficult people in your life. Now if one of them happens to be here today, please do not look at them now. Okay? All right. You can receive God's forgiveness... Right now, today, if you turn to God, if you admit that you need his forgiveness and you ask him for it. The prophet Isaiah again says, turn to our God, for he will forgive generously. He says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. My ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. Now, that means a lot of things, but the context particularly is around forgiveness. God is such a great forgiver. He generously forgives you. He doesn't miss anything when he forgives, and he wants to help you be that kind of generous, forgiving person. He wants to take the weight of sin off of you. See, the reason this is so important to me, friends, is I I remember what it was like for the first 19 years of my life. I didn't know that I was. I didn't know that I was actually sinning. I just thought I was a messed up person. I was screwing up all the time. And I carried that everywhere I went. I could never get free of me. You know what that's like? I was like my own worst enemy, so to speak. I couldn't get out of my own way. I know. I remember what it was like to carry that. And then I remember the night that I turned to Jesus in my dorm room at Concordia College, Moorhead, Minnesota, and said, if you can change my life, here it is. I need a better life. I didn't even understand what sin was then. But guess what? You don't have to understand everything just to give your life to Jesus. And I did. And immediately I felt relief. And this silly Alka-Seltzer commercial popped into my head. Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. (laughs) There is no other greater relief than having your sins taken off of you, forgiven and removed. You can have that relief right now. And I'm actually going to stop a minute here and take time and say, you know, you can receive God's forgiveness right now. If, if you've never asked him for it, this, this can be the first time. Maybe you've asked him for it, but hey, maybe you haven't had a recent check-in and it would be good to have a little check-in. Hey, is there anything kind of between us and our relationship that I haven't been talking about? I want to give us a moment to do that today. And I'm going to ask for the Holy Spirit to come because he is the one that helps us see what we need to see. He helps us see ourselves accurately, what we may or may not have said or done wrong. And he helps us see Jesus clearly as the wonderful forgiver, the Savior of our soul. And so I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and, and show us what, whatever you and I need to see. And then I'm going to pray a prayer of commitment to Jesus or recommitment to Jesus and receiving that forgiveness. And those words are going to come up on the screen. So let's first. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come. We thank you that you've been sent to to show us our true lives, and to show us God's great love for us, to show us who Jesus is. So I pray, would you show us anything that you want us to talk to you about this morning? Anything as it were you want us to get off our chest, any, anything that we are uh, regret, we're ashamed of, we feel bad about, we feel guilty for, anything we've done wrong that we need to bring to you and have taken off of us, just speak to us. there's a person that we're upset with that we need to forgive, would you show us that person? Now I'm going to pray a prayer of commitment now. These words are going to come on the screen. I invite you to pray with me if you'd like to. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong in my life. If there's something particular that's coming to your mind, that's on your conscience now, just say that to him. Please forgive me. I now turn from everything I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Now, if you prayed with me, Jesus heard your prayer. He's forgiven you. He's given you his Holy Spirit to give you the power to live a new life. Now, when I did this some now almost 53 years ago, I was encouraged, tell somebody what you prayed. And I would encourage you to do that. It, it kind of solidified, made it even more real for me. Now, I'm going to be back at the Welcome Center, and I'd love to, to meet any of you there. If you're, brand, if you're new for the first time, of course I'd love to meet you. But I'd, I'd love to say hi to any of you, and if you want to let me know that, that would be awesome. You can also check the box on your connection card that you're committing or recommitting yourself to Jesus. And we will be praying for you. Jesus came to set you and I free through receiving his forgiveness, and through forgiving others. So now we're in number two. Not only can you be fully forgiven, you can be a forgiving person. You can release other people by forgiving them for the ways they've wronged and hurt you. And as a result, you can be l- released yourself. I uh, I have a generally good memory. It's, uh, maybe a little, it's weakening a little bit in my mature years. Uh, but I used to remember... Everything. And often I remembered not very good things. And I held grudges. I was, you know, if there had been a state fair blue ribbon for grudge holding, I would have had a good shot at it. Uh, It wasn't a good way to live, it was corrosive. Bitterness and resentment eat you up. Uh, I'm so glad Jesus has been teaching me a better way for these past 50 plus years. Now, Jesus gave us a prayer to pray regularly which covers the most important things in life. We call it the Lord's Prayer. The only thing that's mentioned twice in this prayer is forgiveness. I think Jesus is highlighting how important it is. So let me read it. This is Matthew's account. Jesus says, Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need. And forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. You see, there's, there's a link here. There's a match. Uh, forgive us as we forgive others. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Ouch. That's kind of a challenge, isn't it? Uh, Notice that he joins together, forgive us, confession of our sins, and forgive others. Now, is Jesus saying that we must earn God's forgiveness by forgiving other people? No, that would be in contradiction to all the other scripture, which simply says, confess your sins, he's faithful and just, to forgive you for your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. We simply ask, Jesus has done the heavy lifting here, he's paid the price. You and I receive the benefit of that. but what? So then what does this actually mean? Now, sometimes when we talk about giving, we'll use an illustration like, can you do this for me now? Could you, like, close, it, close your hands? Don't, don't hit anyone, just, just close them, okay? Now, in terms of the giving side, you can't really give anything with your hands like this, and you can't receive anything, okay? Now you can open your hands. Now, on forgiveness, if you do this with other people forgiving-wise, if you forgive them freely, guess what you can receive? you can receive God's forgiveness freely. But if you do this, you you, you have a hard time. So it's functional what Jesus is saying is. If we refuse to forgive, we're also saying, "I I don't need yours. Not forgiving is saying, basically, that we have not repented or turned to God. Now, Jesus tells a story to illustrate this in Matthew 18. Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? What do you think? Peter wanted a gold star, right? I'm going to do it seven times. These other smucks, they probably can only do two or three. But I will do seven. (laughs) Jesus says, "Uh, no, 70 times seven. For you math stars, what is that? 490 times. Now, is Jesus actually saying, all right, if you forgive someone 490 times, The 491st time they do it, you can get them. No, I don't think so. I think it's exaggeration to make a point. Or even functionally, if you've learned to do it 490 times, you can probably do the 491st too, right? You learned. All right, so Jesus tells this story. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars That he couldn't pay. The key phrase here in this whole story is, he couldn't pay. He couldn't pay it. That's the situation you and I are in with God. We can't pay it. Thank God he did. So the master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before the master and begged him, Please be patient with me, I'll pay it all. Even even though he couldn't. The master was filled with pity for him, and he released him, and he forgave his debt. That's pretty amazing, right? You owe millions of dollars, and the guy says, you know, just because you asked, I'm going to forgive it. It's gone. Now, how do you think you'd feel if that happened? Wouldn't that be a great relief? That would be a whole lot of Alka-Seltzer. Pop, plop, plop, fizz, fizz, oh, what a relief it is. That was a great relief, right? So you'd think, well, he'd be really merciful to everybody else. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars and he grabbed him by the throat and he demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me, I'll pay it. Remember hearing that from somebody else? Like this hard-hearted guy said those same words maybe like five minutes before. But now he won't have mercy on the person who owes him. But the creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested, put him in prison until the debt could be paid in full. Now when some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. And they went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man he'd forgiven and said, you evil servant. I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? And then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he'd paid his entire debt. Now this is a good story and kind of like, yeah, that's a really bad person. You shouldn't be a bad person like he was until you read the next verse. That's what my heavenly Father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. That's a challenge, right? He's talking about forgiving from your heart. One thing on forgiving from your heart. Forgiving from your heart, as I understand it, means you forgive out of all the pain, all the hurt, all the anger, all the damage that's been done to your heart. You don't cover it up, pretend it's not there, like, hey, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. You ever ask somebody, how are you doing? I'm fine. What does that usually mean? Yeah, you're not fine. You're not fine. So we forgive through that pain, we acknowledge it, we don't deny it, we forgive through it. Healthy communities are full of people who choose to ask God, to ask for God's forgiveness and the forgiveness of those they've sinned against, and people who choose to forgive others who've sinned against them. Friends, this is the way you, you can you can grow in a relationship, a friendship, a marriage. For many, many years, Sue and I, this September, it will be, doing my math right now, 46 years that we've been married. And I'm thrilled. And, you know, uh, thank you. Uh, you know, from I, I, I'm... Quite sure Sue will say the same thing. She can speak for herself. But I love her more than I did when I first married her. And that was a lot. I married her because I loved her. Okay, now, have we ever had an argument? We've had a lot of energetic dialogues. <laughs> you know what those are. Anyway, we've not always agreed. We've heard each other's feelings. But we've learned to, to go to each other and say, Hey, and I'll just put it in my words, I'm sorry for being a jerk. That was not a kind thing to say or do. Would you forgive me for that? And to Sue's credit, she forgives. Now, there's sometimes, depending on how much hurt there was, there's a little time for healing and recovery. But we always choose to forgive. So here are some things I have been learning about forgiveness that have helped me become a more forgiving person. Four of them. They're going to come up on the screen. One, forgiving is a choice we make, not a feeling we have. Forgiving is a choice that we make, not a feeling we have. Now, feelings will follow good choices, like the choosing to forgive. But, you know, sometimes we've been deeply hurt, and it takes time for those emotions to heal. And it takes time to rebuild trust, sometimes a long time. So forgiveness is a choice. Two, forgiveness is not saying, Oh, it's okay, it doesn't matter, I've moved on. The reason we forgive is because it does matter. It matters to God. It matters to us. If you've been hurt deeply, you've been hurt deeply. Let's not deny that. Let's face it. We forgive sin because sin is really wrong in God's eyes and ours, and it does really hurt. But that's why we choose to forgive because forgiveness is a powerful tool in the hands of the Holy Spirit and in our hearts to see us released and healed from painful situations. Three, forgiveness is not forgetting, it's choosing not to remember. Brain research, of which I read a few studies, we don't actually forget anything. Things get buried in different parts of our brain, and if they they stimulate them through research, those feelings, smells, tastes, they all come right up. So it's not forgetting, it is choosing not to remember it. I'll talk more about that. And, and for forgiveness is first between us and God, then it's between us and the other person. Now Paul chooses, encourages you and I in his writing to the Colossians to choose a lifestyle of mercy. Choose a lifestyle of forgiveness. He says this, Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy. Now you can think about Jesus when you read this. These are, these are all characteristics of Jesus. And this is what God wants to, to do in your life and mine. Make us people with tender hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for other people's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you're called to live in peace. Now, uh, when we moved into Invergrove, it 's almost thirty years ago now, as we drove down the street off 70th we came to a T we live on Boyd Avenue, and there was a model home right there and so uh, you know what you know what a model home is that 's something you look at you see the floor plan, the fixtures everything is this the kind of place you 'd like to buy well now somebody owns this and so on but you know I think it 's a wonderful picture of what the church is to be We are to be a model home that people can look at can 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 take see like I wonder how they live their lives. I wonder how their relationships are going. I wonder how they handle their work or their money or their friendships. Uh, what's going on there? And I can't tell you how many times I've had people that have eventually come here and said, you know, I drove, I drove by that place for a, for, a year, for a year, and I wondered, what the heck are you doing there? What the heck are you doing there? finally one day I thought, I'm just going to find out what the heck they do. And how they had seen Thanksgiving giveaway, other things, and thought, you know, they seem like kind people. Maybe they'd be kind to me if I came. See, we're, we're called to be a model home that people could come in and examine what it would be like to see God be restoring our lives. I think River Heights is a good model home. We are not a perfect model home. We weren't when we started. We're not now. We won't, we won't be until the new heaven and the new earth where Jesus wraps it up. But we can be growing. We can be growing as a model home. I, uh, during this pandemic... I don't know about you, but I, in, under quarantine, I found myself watching more TV. And I was already on the watching more TV side before quarantine. <laughs> uh, so, you know, movies, games. And I have this habit of, I really like to help people. So when I'd watch games, I tried to help the referees and the umpires. <laughs> you know, I mean, and some of them needed a lot of help. <laughs> A lot. And sometimes I try to help my, the, my players on my teams. Um, if you've moved a little more to the left, you'd have caught that ball. Da, da. Anyway, one time my granddaughter was watching with me, and she looked over at me. She said, Grandpa, you do realize they can't hear you? <laughs> and I said, I know, Kate, but it feels good to say something. <laughs> now, the growth for me wasn't that. Uh, sometimes I was actually kind of harsh. Uh, the growth for me was realizing you know, I, 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 that's, not, that's not the kind of person I want to be. So uh, usually a day later, I would repent for those things and ask God to forgive me, and I'd pray blessing on the people. So that was a little bit of growth. Now, uh, I've, I'm actually sometimes within a half an hour or maybe even 20 minutes, I'm repenting. <laughs> so you can pray for me that, it'll, that the time will shrink. Okay? But, you know, we're all growing somewhere, Right? And we're going together as a community to be the best model home that we can be. Ken Sandy wrote a book called Biblical Peacemaking. He has a wonderful website called Relational Wisdom, rw360.org. Here's a quote. It's going to come up on the screen. Through forgiveness, God tears down the walls that our sins have built. He opens the way for a renewed relationship with Him. That's exactly what we can do when we forgive others as the Lord forgives us. We release the person to God who has wronged us from the penalty of being separated from us. We don't hold wrongs against others. We don't think about the wrongs. We don't punish others for them. Now, he goes on. So biblical forgiveness could be described as a decision to make four promises. Here they are. One, I will not dwell on this incident. Two, I will not bring up this incident again and use it against you. (laughs) I will not talk to others about this incident. I will not let this incident stand between us or hinder our personal relationship. Those are promises we can make. They're also like little reality checks to see, uh, have I really forgiven this person? Now, in cases of abuse, forgiveness can and should include the establishment of safe boundaries for emotional and physical safety. So if we make and keep these kind of promises, we can tear down walls that stand between us and those who have hurt us. We can promise not to dwell or brood on the problem or punish others by holding them at a distance. We can clear the way to develop a better relationship that's not hindered by memories of past wrongs. This is what God does for us. This is what he wants to help you and I do. Now, I'm not naive. I realize you're only, you and I are only one part of the equation in the midst of a conflict. We, we don't do the other person's part. We can only do our part. But we can do our part. So Romans 12, 18 says, If it's possible... As far as it depends on you live at peace with everyone in other words make a choice to be a peaceful peace making forgiving person jesus came so that we could be set free you can be forgiven for anything and everything you've ever done wrong and you can forgive others for anything and everything they have ever done wrong to you the holy spirit's come to help us And he'll give us the ability to receive and to forgive freely. Now, we like to uh, close our services with prayer and worship. So I'd like the music team to come up, and they're going to get ready to lead us in some worship. And while they're coming, uh, uh, there's some tips I have, three things you can do to put God's word on forgiveness into practice in your life. One, you could read Matthew 6, the Lord's Prayer, and Matthew 18, this story. You could pray. I would encourage you maybe make some space where you... Uh, talk with God and, and, and ask God to, maybe maybe a little longer time than we had this morning, God, is there anything between us that you want to talk that me to talk with you about? And then confess anything that God brings up. Uh, this is like regular maintenance. This is like spiritually like brushing your teeth regularly, keeping yourself healthy. Do. And then do something similar, but ask God, is there any is there any person that I am not forgiving that I'm holding something against? And then choose to forgive them. I'm going to pray for you, uh, and the worship team is going to lead us, and then they'll let us know when the service is over. I did, in the midst of worship this time, I did have a few words that I think are for healing. A couple of them are more relational, emotional, a couple of them are physical. I saw a picture of sandpaper. Somebody having their, their skin, they were like being sand, sandpaper on their skin over and over and over. I don't mean literally, but I think some of you have just had long time friction in some relationships where it's just really worn you down and, and there are marks. And you're choosing to forgive and asking God for healing is part of your healing journey if that's the case. I saw another picture. Someone was sliding down a hole and you just were wondering, is there a bottom? Is there a bottom? And Jesus caught you because he was there with you. So if, if that means something to you, I would say, hey, I'm going to pray for you and let Jesus, as it were, catch you and hold you. Two physical words, swallowing problems, God wants to help with, and collarbone pain. So I'm going to pray right now, and then we're going to worship. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you're available to us by the Holy Spirit to to work in our life just as we've been singing about. Even when we don't see it, you're working. Even when we don't feel it, you're working. We thank you so much for that. And so, Lord, I ask for the healing here that, that we all need. And if these uh, particular situations, someone's had long-time friction in a relation, I pray, Lord, you'd give them grace. By your Holy Spirit, you'd come, and as it were, you'd, you'd oil, as it were, those rough places, those places that have been hurt. And, Lord, if there's someone that just feels like they don't, can't find their footing, they're sliding, Lord, would you, would you be their footing? Would you catch them? And we thank you for that. And then, Lord, bring healing to the swallowing issues and to the collarbone thank you for your work in our lives, Lord, to change us to be more like you. In Jesus' name, amen.